Welcome into the Puttcraft Podcast. My name is Reed Nelson. Today we are going to do something a little different, something I think that will be a lot of fun. With four events left in the league year, we are going to take a look at Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year, and Most Improved Player. But we are going to look at the three candidates, one for each award, that are, I believe, currently on the outside looking in for a nomination, but could emerge not only to be nominated, but potentially win it. Yes, I know that's a little bit out there. It's a little bit far-fetched, but I think it'll be fun. Four events is, you know, what, 15, 20% of the league year? So there's still a lot of league year left. And, you know, I just think it'll be fun to do that. Now, keep one thing in mind. There's a major caveat here. I have not done a deep dive into the nominees for any of these awards yet. There would be no reason for me to do a deep dive into the nominees for any of these awards yet because season's not over, right? So what would I do? I mean, it'd be a waste of my time right now. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of in my head do an exercise of, okay, I think this player's most likely not going to be nominated. But for this, we're going to say not only is that player not likely to be nominated as of right now, but that person could emerge victorious at the end of the league year. So, yeah, I know it's a far-fetched thing, but I think it'll be fun. And, gee, you know, just stick, stick with me as we go through it here. The 2024 schedule through July has been released. This is the open schedule. This does not include E-League events. This does not include Youth League events. Of course, we'll be doing a double header at the golf zone in Chaska um, this upcoming or two Saturdays a week from Saturday my goodness March 15th Grand Slam that is a Friday evening March 30th golf zone Chaska that'll be a single event and it'll be our um, I guess fifth event of the league year at golf zone in Chaska uh, and that'll be our finale for the 2023-2024 league year. We will kick off the outdoor season at Loon's Nest in Shoreview on April 19th. That is a Friday evening. And, you know, as with those April events, they might get pushed out. You know, we'll see. Uh, you know, hopefully the weather cooperates. May 3rd, Lily Putt. That is also a Friday evening. May 17th, Eagle Lake, that is also a Friday evening. June 1st, Bison Creek in Buffalo, that is a Saturday. I believe that is our only Saturday event of the summer. I don't think we've ever done a Saturday summer event other than uh, the match play event two years ago we did that and that was that was technically a summer last year was a saturday but that was in the fall uh that'll be our first trip to bison creek and we're going to do two events nine days later mcpete's in big lake there will also be a doubleheader that evening that'll be on a monday night lilliput coon rapids june 21st that's a friday july 2nd our first trip to st croix national in Somerset, Wisconsin. That's right across the border, so don't get too scared. It's not up It's not up by Duluth or anything like that. It is a little bit of a jaunt, but it's a beautiful uh, facility, and I'm really looking forward to that course. Uh, July 2nd is a Tuesday. July 10th, back to Loon's Nest in Shoreview. That is a Wednesday. July 22nd, up to Eagle Lake. That is a Monday, and then we will finish off the month of July up in 
Proctor on July 26th. That is a Friday evening. And then July 27th at Captain Jays and Superior. I guess that is this Saturday as well. That is our open schedule through July. It has been printed. It has been um, sent out to the world. I've communicated with these courses. Um, and... Um, yeah, I'm excited for it. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be an awesome summer. Again, we'll get the E League events up there, and we'll get the um, Youth League events up there as well in due time. Okay, let's take a look at the awards. And again, let me just say this one more time: these are players that, as of right now, I don't think will be nominated. That's without me doing any deep diving, but could actually emerge as winners. And let's start with Player of the Year. This one to me is the most obvious. Right When I was doing this exercise in my head, I was thinking, okay, who's a player right now that is not going to be nominated, but who's a player that, or as of right now, is not going to be nominated, but who could actually win it with four weeks left in the league or four events left in the league year? Now, think to yourself who this player could be. I, I think you actually know the answer to this, okay? And that's Matt Rolstead. As of right now, without any wins, Matt Rolstead is not going to be nominated for Player of the Year. There's just too many other players with wins, um, you know, to nominate him. But would it shock you for Matt Rolstead to roll off four consecutive wins? Yeah, it, 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 it certainly wouldn't shock me. He is the defending player of the year after all. He's dropped to six in the rankings. He probably, and I haven't asked him this, he probably has something that he wants to prove right now. So, you know, when I'm thinking about this, actually, this exercise was kind of, you know, I mean, Matt Rolston's the, you know, thinking about him as a player of the year candidate and winner was what gave me the idea for this exercise in the first place. Now, let's take a slightly deeper dive here. Now, it, Sean Brown has five tournament wins right now and a match play win. Okay, so Matt Rolstead rolling off four wins in a row, you're going to have to, you know, do more. Because remember, we, we have to take recency bias out of this. Four wins in a row is still less than five wins plus a match play win. Okay? Four wins in a row is exactly how many wins Eric Casillas has this year. Okay? So... At that point, we're looking at a three-person race. Again, this is all hypothetical. No player has ever won four events in a row in Puckcraft. That's never happened before. Tap three, three has happened one time before. Sean Brown. I think it's only yeah. I think it's happened one time before with Sean Brown. It was early, early Puckcraft, 2021, and. I don't think it was Sean's first three events, but I think he, Sean won our, his first one, lost his second one to Daryl Hummany, and then won, I think, rattled off three in a row. I'm sorry, I'm not going to go back and check. <laughs> Apologize. You know, so at that point, you're looking and you're saying, okay, there's an uphill battle here. He doesn't have as many wins as Sean Brown. So you'd have to look at the margin of win first, right? You'd have to say, okay, you know, were any of these wins egregious? Now, Sean has some egregious wins as well in there, mind you. But... Then you'd have to look at stats. Um, you'd have to look at BEP. Right now, Sean Brown, 92.09%. Tom Loftus actually second at 90.83%. 
Matt Rolstead third at 90.56%. If we swing over to BE percentage, Joel Brown with only two events, mind you, 56.94%. Matt Rolstead uh, with the five events at 51.11%. Sean Brown at 49.36%. You know, then you would get into a case of, again, remember, we're still in a hypothetical world here, where Matt Rolston would have four events in nine, or four wins in nine events, because he's only played in five events this season. Even with rattling off four wins, it's still, it's still going to be a you know, okay, one of the thing to consider is the second place finishes uh, not only at Golf Zone back-to-back, but I believe at Veterans Memorial earlier this summer. In fact, yeah, Veterans Memorial. Let me pull that up real quick. It won't take too long here. Yeah, Matt Rolstead finished two strokes behind Eric Casilius at Veterans Memorial Park um, in on, in June of 2023. Uh, Eric was a 16 under. Matt was a 14 under. This is again. This is this is not likely. I mean, the the conversation starts. The conversation starts with four straight wins. Okay, and you know if we want to lump Tom Loftus into this conversation as well, we certainly can. Tom Loftus eight top five finishes in ten events, no wins this season. But you, I just rattled off the BEP percentage. Uh, his BE percentage is forty four point four four percent. Four speaking of fours, four consecutive wins for Tom Loftus would put him in that mix as well. You know, but at this point, these are these are. It would be really difficult. You know, this isn't 2021 Puttcraft. This is a different world right now um, where you're having to go through, you know, really, really, really high-end players to win four in a row. So it's it's... It's not likely, of course. None of none of these are likely. That's the point of the exercise: is just to think who's on the outside looking in, but could emerge victorious. You know, and 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 that's my answer. It's Matt Rolstead, but even with four consecutive, I, I still think they would have to be really wide margin victories. And not only that, but Sean Brown, we would have to, you know, see, have the wheels fall apart late, which I don't necessarily think is going to happen. I do think Sean is the leader right now. I do think Eric is in the conversation, right? Five wins to four wins. Count Sean's match play win in there as well. And if we want to have, if we want to have a conversation about a dark horse, it's, it's Zach Casilius right now who has three wins and who, who we've seen win at the golf zone before. So it's going to be a fun final four events. Um, you know, it is the, it is the crown jewel if you will, the player of the year award. And those three players are the ones that, uh, I think are really the ones to look out for. So, okay, let's move on to rookie of the year. Now, again, the player that I'm going to note here, I think is actually, actually, you know what? I forgot to mention one thing. And that is when we're considering player of the year, how much, how much does the number of events you played in factor? And I don't think it factors in 
it, like so for example the NBA has a you have to p- participate in a certain number of games to be eligible for certain awards um otherwise you know it's it's a way that they're trying to um mitigate the resting of the stars especially on the roads especially after back-to-back games you know for us is there if 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 Eric Casilius has 21 events Sean Brown has 17 events and Matt Rolstead only has nine events. That would really hurt his player of the year candidacy as well. Um, although you could make the case, well, four wins in nine events, that's almost a 50% win percentage. So you'd have to kind of balance that out as well. So yeah, yeah, I think it'll be a fun conversation. You know, let's let the let's let the league year play out before we have it fully, and we will certainly have it fully. I believe this player is ultimately going to end up being nominated for Rookie of the Year. It's going to be close, or it's close right now. You know, it kind of depends on attendance over the last four events. Um, And that player is... uh, Oh, and I should note, I believe this player could ultimately end up winning Rookie of the Year pending these last four events. And this player is Owen Pendleton. Okay, in Owen Pendleton's five events, he has uh, one Youth League win. He has one E-League top five finish. He has a BEP percentage of 78.89%, and he has a BEP percentage of 78.89, and a BE percentage of 36.67. Two Eagles, 64 birdies, 14 aces, a 7.78 ace percentage. But here's the thing. Owen Pendleton's good. Owen, the natural Pendleton, is good at miniature golf, and he's only going to continue to get better and better and better and better and better. Could something happen over the final four events that causes him to overtake the favorite right now, which is Mike Pendleton? Potentially. Mike Pendleton has three top five finishes in nine events, excuse me, in 11 events. Those are open top five finishes as well. Owen has no top five finishes in five events. Uh, Excuse me, no top five finishes in, I think, three open events. But let me confirm that really quick. Okay, yep, that's correct. Owen has three uh, open events, zero top five finishes, one youth league, one e-league. He's won. He won the youth league event, um, an event that had Cameron Acelius as a part of it, by the way. So it was a small event, <clears throat> but it had a player who would go on to win two open events later in this year, including a putt off with player of the year from last year, Matt Rolstead. So, you know, that's nothing to scoff at. That's a good win for Owen Pendleton. And, you know, like I just said, Owen Pendleton's good. Okay. He's good at miniature golf. If Owen Pendleton registers a top five finish between now and the end of the year, that wouldn't necessarily surprise me. In fact, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Okay. I I would, uh, you know, it would be quite the accomplishment when you consider how large I think these final four events will be and the competition that he will be facing. It will be quite the accomplishment. Um, But even if it doesn't happen, I, I don't believe that's anything to, you know, take away from the accomplishments of his season. You know, it's going to be hard for him to emerge as the rookie of the year. What does he need to do? He needs to do one very simple thing. Four events, a win would essentially seal up the rookie of the year event or uh, uh, award for him. Is it likely? It's not likely. It's, it's not likely. 
Um, it's is it is it un- yeah it's it's very unlikely. You know, I'd give you 12, 15 to one odds on that happening. But the thing is, is that Owen is going to continue to get better every single event. Every single event, he's going to continue to get better. And I love the way he putts. It is so he doesn't think about it. He just goes. He fires away, and he's good. You know, a lot of players take their time when putting, and that's great. Do your thing. Owen doesn't. He goes. He he walks up to the ball and he fires away. Okay, and when he's on, he's on. When he gets off, he gets off a little bit. And again, that's sports. That's what's going to happen. But a win would not only vault him into nomination. It, it would put him in the. It would put him in the lead because no rookies right now have a win. Okay, and that speaks to the. Um. You know the emergence, the the evolution, if you will, of Pudcraft, right? Whereas last year our Rookie of the Year had two wins in his first four events. Now, I recorded this part, but I think I ended up deleting it because I made an error. So I'm going to say it again, and it's late. So if I this is the second time you're hearing this, I apologize. Um, and that is, I wanted to go over Eric Aselius's first. <laughs> Eight events from last year. He was in eight events last year. And if this is the second time you're hearing this, I'm so, so, so sorry. I'm pretty sure I deleted this from the first time. Eric Aselius' first event, fast forward a minute if you've already heard this, was October of 2022. Um, He would play in eight events that league year. He would finish in the top five in seven of those eight events. He would win his third event and his fourth event. Okay. In his debut, he finished in second. Five strokes behind Sean Brown. In his second uh, event, he finished in fifth uh, at at eight under. Five strokes behind Zach Asilius, who was also in his second event, mind you, uh, who went into a putt-off with Dan Wesley. He would win his third event at uh, Grand Slam Coon Rapids by three strokes over Tom Loftus and then would emerge victorious at the Winter Classic Grand Slam Burnsville after a three-way tie with Josh Benish and Dan Wesley. So that was your Rookie of the Year from last year, who was also nominated for Player of the Year. I can pretty much assure you that no Rookie of the Year nominees are going to be nominated for Player of the Year this year. Although, there are four events left and plenty of time to make an impression. Plenty of time. Okay, so... These first two, to me, were kind of obvious. Matt Rolstead, Owen Pendleton. This next one is so not obvious that I actually don't even have an answer yet for most improved player. And here's why. Cameron Aselius is is the, the overwhelming favorite for this award. And I'm, without doing a ton of research... I'm pretty sure Sean Anderson is going to be nominated as well because of the improvements that he's made, including two victories. Trying to think of who else could potentially be nominated here. And again, I have not done the research, so I apologize for that. Um, So I'm not going to go too deep into this, but who could emerge? Man, you're thinking about this in real time with me as well. Who could emerge from outside of the nominees? And right now I'm only thinking of two real nominees. And and that is Sean Anderson and Cameron Aselius. Who could emerge out of those two 
to win most improved player. Hmm. You know, there's a couple different ways I could take this. But let's do it this way. No rookie can win most improved player because uh, any rookie has not or did not play in last year's events. So we're not able to do that. Caden Aselius is someone to me who, you know, has improved, yes, and has that E-League victory, yes, but only has, um, he, I mean, I shouldn't say only, let me take back the only, and has seven top five finishes in 16 events. And that's pretty good, okay? Because if we look at last year, for Mr. Caden Hasilius, he did, takes me a second here because I, he was not at every event. It does not look like he was at the first event or the second event. We didn't get to know Caden Hasilius until the third event. So Caden Hasilius in his debut finished 13 strokes off the lead and then was six strokes off the lead did he have any top five finishes last year? 12 strokes off the lead at Golf Zone. It appears as though no, none. Nope. Okay, he had a second place finish at the Golf Zone 4.0 in the league year's final event. So he had one top five finish, I believe, in six events. But that's a second top, that's a second place finish. That that's a really, really, really strong finish. So yeah, I think Caden Celius is absolutely gonna be a candidate. He's probably gonna be nominated and you know would need it would need a couple of wins here. And and you know, this is the exercise. Could easily emerge as the winner with two or three wins. I shouldn't say easily, it's gonna be it's 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 Cameron's award to lose at this point. I'm not breaking any news there. That that That's pretty obvious. I think the strides that Cameron has made from last year to this year, and heck, from the beginning of the year to this year, are, are pretty massive. Are pretty, I mean, heck, from the end of the summer to the beginning of the fall are pretty massive. Um, Sean Anderson's were, were, you know, Sean Anderson was a solid player last year as well. So, but Kane Asilius having one top five finish in six events. Now he's up to seven in 16 events. Cameron Asilius has eight top five finishes in 20 events. Yeah, if Caden rattles off two wins here in the last four events, he's absolutely going to be a candidate. Um, and, you know, we, we'd have to do a, a real serious dissection of he and Cameron's events um, this year, Cameron having played in 20 events, Caden having played in 16 events. I should also note that while we're comparing Asilius brothers, both of them have E-League wins, okay, as well. So, yeah, Caden Asilius is your, and I, I, he's probably not going to be, he's probably going to be nominated. If we were nominating right now, he he would he would very likely be nominated. In fact, he would be nominated. Uh, so I cheated slightly there. 
I think if you were to look at some other players just real briefly, you know, Michael Carlson has one top five finish in eight events. You know, Josh Banish just got his first victory. He was last year's most improved player. So I, I don't see that being um, being an, a, a thing that could potentially happen. Um, let's see who else has top five finishes here. Should we mention Sean? It's tough because like Tom has eight top five finishes in 10 events, but Tom has wins in last year's, you know, events and doesn't have any wins this year. So, you know, it'd be, it'd be difficult. You know, I'm sure that if you really parse the numbers out, you could say, well, actually Tom is better this year. His BEP percentage is better. I mean, Tom is, um, you know, second right now in BEP percentage behind Sean Brown. I don't believe he was second last year and, you know, for his career, if we're looking at Tom, we are seeing a BEP percentage of, let's eliminate everybody with only one event. Tom is fourth. Tom is ninth in BEP percentage at 85.8%. So his BEP percentage is actually up nearly five percentage points. So, you know, if you really wanted to dig into the stats, you could say, hey, listen, Reed, the fields are stronger. That's why Tom had the, the win last year, but not this year. And, you know, but his stats are significantly better. And, you know, stats matter, you know, in, in for a most improved, you know, I mean, Tom had two tournament wins last year. Okay. So, you know, but his stats are better this year. The fields are also stronger this year. So is he a better player? Probably, maybe, you know, I think, I think that's a really interesting, interesting debate to have. It's not something that I considered up until this very moment, you know, but it'll be fun to go, to go through all these and to really, really dive deep. I I love award season. I, 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 I can't, I can't stress that enough. I think it is so much fun to look back at the year that was as we're gearing up for the summer. We do the, oh, it's going to be so much fun. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed this exercise. I enjoyed doing it. Again, I purposely didn't put a lot of effort into, you know, determining who the players were that I thought were outside of nomination status because, you know, like I said, Owen Pendleton probably is going to be nominated. Caden Celius probably is going to be nominated for most improved. Tom Loftus has improved. His stats are better. You know, he doesn't have as many wins, but his stats are better. Is he a most improved candidate as well? Love, you know, I'd, I'd love to get a second opinion on some of this stuff. If anybody wants to come on the podcast um, and we could debate this stuff, I think it would be so much fun to do so. Uh, and if you have any other angles that you want to, you know, you want to, uh, dissect, uh, or look into, let me know. Let's have some fun with it. So, okay. That's all for tonight, folks. You have a great weekend and we will chat with you soon.